the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. An education-first approach to managing your money. This is The Rob Black Show. So I became a professional investor with an accreditation back in 1995-96. Started my own investment advisory firm. And at that point in time, I had this, I'm smarter than everyone on Wall Street approach. To this day, I think I'm smarter only because I outwork people. I outstudy. There's no research that I won't look at. I've got a weird lens of looking at everything as money. I'm not freaked out that we're seeing a whole industry get crushed because I saw it in the 1990s. In the 1990s, no one knew what a dot-com was. It was the dawn of internet for the consumer. Before that, it was used basically for militaries and businesses. And then we got AOL and suddenly people were on the internet. And then we advanced it and developed it and then pushed it. I think that's a pretty cool thing. John Oliver did an interesting segment this weekend on big tech companies. I like John Oliver, not because he's factual, because I think his arguments do take a slanted angle of he wants to win and make other people look stupid. But as a comedian, he points out that the internet's basically controlled by four companies. Uh, Facebook, Google, Apple, and on some degree, Microsoft. And how they all have different little pieces of the internet. But between the four of them, they corner the real estate. And I'm good with that. Um, I'm good with understanding that in the 1990s, I made some mistakes being cocky, being arrogant. And I got handed it in 2000, 2001, 2002. It was a dot-com winter. There was companies that I own that are no longer in business. I'll give you an example. Exodus Communications. It was run in the Bay Area by a woman named Ellen Hancock. She used to work at IBM. And her business model was genius. Except for his 20 years too soon. Eh, maybe 10 years too soon. She started building server farms around the world. And the idea was, if you want the internet to get to you faster, you get a a farm close to you. And she went to companies and they paid a lot of money to store their documents with her, which we would call today the cloud. But we didn't have the name for it then. And I saw Exodus Communications basically go out of business in large part. They ran out of money due to the fact that building server farms are expensive. If I ever got a chance to talk to someone like a Zuckerberg, I'd go, let's talk statistics on how many computers your company owns. That's the stuff I'm more fascinated with. And Exodus Communications had to do this. So a bear market doesn't really freak me out either. They're really, really common. A bear market is when the markets pull 20% from their recent highs. In the past, when more than 80% of indicators are triggered, a bear market has occurred. What are some of the indicators that a bear market's coming? And again, you need four out of five, eight out of 10 of these. If the Federal Reserve is raising interest rates, 
you could say check on that one. Tightening credit conditions. Is it easier to get a loan today or tougher? It's tougher. That's two, two for two. Minimum returns in the last 12 months on a bull market of 11%. Well, we wiped out all of last year's gains. That's three. Minimum returns in the last 24 months of bull market have been 30%. Um, We had that, but then we lost it. When you start seeing things like low quality stocks outperform, that's a problem. Momentum stocks outperform. Growth stocks outperforming. 5% pullbacks in stocks over the last year. There's ways to see that a recession's coming. And I feel like it's coming. With that said, I'm not going to focus on it because it's normal. They happen every four years. They last 24 months. Um, excuse me, they don't. Let me uh, fix that. Little COVID brain. The average length of a bear market is about one year and nine months. So I got to correct that from two years. On average, a bear market lasts for about one year and nine months, but the actual duration of each bear market can vary. Sometimes they're as short as one month. Sometimes they're as long as three years. They're normal. We have a history of them, a very common history. But if you don't look at it, you're like, oh, I see stocks hitting all-time highs for the last 10 years in a row. I deserve this. No, you don't. Uh, 1929, the stock market crash of 1929 becomes the central event in a grinding bear market that sliced 89% of the value of the Dow Jones Industrial Average over the next three years. So the Dow was the big market then, not the NASDAQ, not the S&P 500. Lost 89% of its value. In the 1960s, there was a bear market that took off 36% from all-time highs. And in the 1960s, we had one that took off 48%. In 2000, we saw the dot-com crash occur, very much similar like the crypto crash that's going on. It took about a year and a half, but it took 36% out of the S&P 500. We've seen a recession in 2007, uh, not a recession, bear market in 2007, 2008, 2009. The economy goes into recession, enters the second worst bear market of all time. And all I got for the 2007, 2008, 2009 bear market was a dumb t-shirt One minute. and lower prices for investing. In two, and by the way, in 2007, 2008, 2009, you know where oil prices were? 20 bucks. Different recession, right? No one wanted to travel. Now everyone wants to travel and it's a recession coming. 2020 had its recession. Uh, for the first time in 11 years. Typically, they happen every four. In this case, it was 11 since our last bear market. Now, it's been about two years since our last bear market. You can't really predict them, but you know they come. Roar! Full bear roar, right? I know you're saying, you don't have a guy who does sound effects for you. Nah, not really. <laughs> bear markets are normal. Use them as buying opportunities for the patient long-term investor who has a portfolio that they feel constructive with. If you're overweighted in one industry, I would very cautious bear markets. Dot-com crash in 2000, 2002, rushed speculative investors in technology. Same thing's going on in some assets now. Brought to you by EP Wealth. This is the Rob Black Show. One of the things that I'm considering is starting a midday podcast. It's not affiliated with the radio show, so I can put together a little bit more concise strategy. 
you should subscribe to my podcast by going to Rob Black Show dot com rob black show it's available at apple or itunes um, as there will always be changes coming up as we remark as we respond to current market conditions and how they're changing one thing that i really really want you to know is that this show for the last 15 years that one's over and what i mean by that we were in an environment of lower interest rates i'd like to go as far back as 2001 and blame 9 11 for the lower market interest rates where we created an environment where if you bought a home, it went up. Not because you were smart at buying a home, because the low cost of money pushed a lot of people into buying homes, gave them the opportunity they never had before. The low cost of money said it changed the valuations that you put on corporations. If you can get 1% at the bank, but you can get 7 or 8% on a stock and it pays a dividend of 1%, 2%, why go to a bank? If you can get 1% as a corporation borrowing money, in bonds, you know, why borrow at five, six percent? So everything benefited from the lower interest rates. That's over. The majority of my career has been in a low interest rate environment. After 9-11, the Federal Reserve stepped in because our Congress is dysfunctional. On occasion, they get it right. Last thing I thought they got really, 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 really right was introducing a 401k as a work savers plan to compensate the shortfalls that Social Security is going to give. But that was back in the 1960s. That could be 1970s, actually. I'm thinking about REITs. But anyway, don't let the facts get in the way of good stories, what I always say. Good thing I wasn't a cop, right? Uh, you're saying, oh, too soon, too soon. I, I love police officers. I've got a friend who's a police officer, and his son just graduated uh, middle school. He's the salt of the earth. I love this man. And he's always uplifting and positive. So anyway, I'm digressing. Um, Oracle had a better than expected earnings report and outlook back to what I was getting at. I've got a little bit of a problem with COVID right now and, uh, searching for the right words and staying on topic is it, it ebbs and flows, but this is a different market, lower interest rates. We've moved aggressively higher instead of getting a 30 year mortgage and refinancing it when 30 year rates went lower and lower and lower. We're now having getting a 30 year mortgage and going, Ooh, I don't really want a 30-year mortgage at 6.2%, even though historically that's pretty low. My first mortgage back in the 90s was at 10% for the first. No, it was 8% for the first and 10% for the second. You're going, what's a second mortgage? See how things change? Second mortgage was a lender just wanted me to buy a home. So they said, uh, we'll give you the down payment of 20%. What? Yeah, that's how speculative things got and, and still are on a lot of levels. But we've moved from the era of low, lower, 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 lower interest rates to limbo high. It's no longer limbo low, it's limbo high. And that's, that's not a good environment for assets. Today, we got a friendly producer price index. It's helping support a little bit of a rebound from the SP 500 hitting a bear market yesterday. Bear market's 20% off from its all time high. I say boo hoo. It's okay. Bear markets don't kill you. They kill you if you bought something speculative and didn't know what to do when it turned. There's not one company that I personally own that I'm looking at going, yeah, yeah, I think I need to divorce myself from you. Or you are, you are the dumbest stock on the planet. Or there's no stocks that I'm looking at and going, I really wish I hadn't done that. Anything that I bought that's lower, I'd buy again. 
Now I'm going to be selective about that because right now Coca-Cola is going to work a lot better than say Airbnb. I own both Coca-Cola and Airbnb. Longer term, uh, when I go on vacations, I no longer want to stay. Oh gosh, I got, I'm booked for a hotel in like seven days and I don't want to do it. I just don't want to do it. It's too small of a room. Like, oh, where are you going to put your suitcase? Where am I going to put my suitcase? I, I, I know you're saying, uh, that's a white collar problem you're talking about. I know. But when Airbnb came along and said, you know, we see a $500 hotel room. We know people who will give you their whole house for $500. Anyway, the era of low money is over. And it's inflation. For the first time in 20 years, we're talking about inflation. And it's problematic and you're seeing it. Now, for the last 20 years, I've been cute on the show saying things like, to me, inflation is Freddy Krueger. Inflation is Jason Voorhees. It scares me. Now you're seeing why. All that time you're like, oh, kill, 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 kill. No, 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 no. You're like, why is he saying that? But when steak prices double and we're, we're forced to eat a lower quality meat, we're like, oh, I hate this. And when airfares jump to pre-pandemic highs and above, where hotel prices, Hilton said earlier this week, expect to pay more for a room. We're seeing it in shelter costs. We're seeing a shelter cost with mortgage rates. I got a mortgage last year, two and a half percent. Now it's at 6%, the same mortgage. My payment would easily be another $2,000 a month. And you know what I would have told my spouse? We're staying in a smaller home. But because I got that mortgage, and listen to this, I'm not going to give it up. I'm not going to prepay it. It's I'm paying 2.5% interest on a mortgage? Sweet. I would prepay a 6.5% mortgage. I would not prepay a 2.5% mortgage. Low cost of money. Now, here's the sad thing. The value of my home just went down significantly as interest rates went from two and a half to four percent, so uh, to six percent. So did I overpay? Hell yeah, I overpaid. Am I? Do I feel good about that? Nope. But over the longer term, I feel I'll be comfortable and okay, and I do it again because that two and a half percent to me, a mortgage rate is way more powerful than a, a price of an asset. And I guess with stocks, crypto, bonds, and Stocks, crypto, bonds, real estate. Sorry, COVID brain. Uh, searching for that fourth word, but I'm doing this today because last week I had to take off to take care of some family and we had some mix-ups with uh, uh, the podcast and people were upset. So I'm working through this. You'll work through it with me. Today, the PPI, the producer price index, not the consumer price index. It increased just eight-tenths of 1% month over month. Last month was revised down. So last month, we didn't actually, producers didn't actually pay seven tenths or five tenths. They paid three tenths. Um, the producer price index, I don't expect you to follow. I don't expect you to understand. I, don't, I, I want you to love your spouse. I want you to love your kids long before you study the producer price index. I'll do that for you. On a year-over-year basis, the producer price index for final demand was up 10.8% versus 10.9% in April. Less food and energy, which are highly volatile spikes of prices, up 8.3% versus up 8.6% in April. So we're, that's actually kind of friendly. I know producer prices up 8.3% is the craziest amount of inflation you've seen in your lifetime, more than likely, if you're 20 years old. Both the PPI and the final demand is supportive of peak inflation narratives. 
So we want the Fed to raise interest rates. We want them to get ahead of inflation. We don't want to be paying more for steaks. We don't want to be paying more for food. We don't want people to starve. We don't want to be people paying too much for rents. We don't want people paying $8 for gasoline like we're going to be paying probably by the end of the summer. Maybe not eight, but seven. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Stick with me. I'm going to get you through this, but we're in a different environment. Last 15 years, it's been too easy. Now we're in a rising rate environment. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. Don't miss an episode of The Rob Black Show. Subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. There's so much that I want to get to when there's a down market. So I'll just try to get into it right here, right now. Um, Some of the things that you need to know, in my opinion, yesterday's sell-off shouldn't be assigned by the dip. Technical analysts are saying, just because we hit a 20% bear market, bear markets don't typically stop at 20. They stop at somewhere typically between 25 and 40. Many economists are predicting another 8%. Do you know an economist? So that's that's where it gets kind of fuzzy, right? And we have this tendency as humans to say, well, the market used to always rebound after a 5% dip. So after a 20% dip, it's going to really rebound. No, it's not. It's a different environment with inflation. And we kind of have to get to a recession to say that's the all clear sign. If, now when I say all clear, I'm still investing in my 401k. I'm still doing every two weeks investing in 401k and my Acorns accounts and every, everything else. I don't mind because I'm not, Three years from retirement. Markets at all-time high seven out of 10 years. Historically. I know you're going, this time it's different. Nah, nah. I've seen way too many times where it wasn't. Um, we've seen World War I, World War II, Vietnam, Korea. We've seen oil at 150. We've seen recessions where oil was at 20. Last year, last year, we were giving away oil for zero bucks a barrel. That might have been 2020 instead of 2021. I've got COVID right now, so my facts are a little bit dodgy. But we couldn't, they, there was so much oil being pumped out, we didn't know what to do with it. And everyone's like, I'm staying home. I'm not driving. I'm not getting COVID. Isn't that nuts to think about now we're at 110, 120? That's crazy. And if you don't think the stock market has to appreciate that and go, uh, we need to reassess. Recession, recession, sears, <laughs> recession fears are real. And it's okay. Recessions are okay. Let me give you, here's what people think about recessions. Uh, people lose homes. People lose jobs. There's food lines. Um, families get torn apart. Dad becomes an alcoholic. That's what media has taught us what a recession is. Here's what a real recession is. I moved to the Bay Area in 2000. And we had just come off a 10-year period of massive growth. And technology hit a recession. In 2000, I'm there in my early 30s. I'm making six figures. I'm thinking I'm attractive to the other members of the opposite sex. I, I'm thinking like, hey, I'm, I'm a good catch. I was nothing. Because kids were coming out of college with a degree in psychology and they're getting a, a job offer from Yahoo and Google. At six figures. And wait, wait, did they have a psychology degree? And I had built a successful money management business, investment advisory service. I thought I was going to do all that in a bucket of chicken. Nope. So recession hits, and that's when Yahoo, Google, and other companies start laying off people. Pets.com, 
all the speculation that's in the Bay Area got hit hard. So a drive from San Francisco to San Jose went from two hours to 45 minutes. That's a good thing. It, it took care of the excesses. The kids coming out of college with a degree, and it, back then you didn't even have to have a degree. Tech companies were hiring any warm bodies. Not like that today, huh? It was two months, two years ago, for sure. And it's a little frustrating, but now it's a little bit pickier. And employers are able to say, we'll give you what we want to give you, not what you're demanding. So 2000, kids were pissing me off because I had worked so hard to like have the status symbol of like, I'm attractive to the other members of the opposite sex. One of the reasons I, I think Apple was a big, big winner is I think the iPhone was a luxury item and it made you attractive to members of the opposite sex. I know you're saying you're, you're kind of going on a reach there. No, I'm not. When you compared them Nokia phones and Motorola phones, you kind of knew like, well, this guy's successful. This guy's not successful. When you're at the gym, you're like, wow. And I know you're saying that's very frivolous of you. It's just an anecdotal. But I think I've been proven right on that one. So recession fears, you shouldn't have them. Don't think about the dad becoming an alcoholic, the family breaking up, the mom divorcing. I, I, I thought you were a good spouse. All those media perceptions are wrong. It curbs excesses. Excesses lead to inflation. Inflation is a problem. Now you're seeing it. We need a recession to help take care of it. Uh, cut down on the price of meat, to cut down on the price of housing. When a landlord could rent a home because he's got 20 people lined up for it, he's going to raise rates. You need to curb those excesses. When people start losing jobs and people don't pay their rents or their mortgages, the excessiveness of, of real estate goes away. But here's the signs that a recession's coming to me. Um, a lot of people have borrowed money to buy stocks. So there's always what's called margin pressure because you could borrow money and it's called margin. Um, if you have a $5,000 account with Robinhood, which the average account is like $5,000, it's not big money, but you could buy $7,500 of stocks and people are like, woo, stocks are going high or stocks are going high. And then they don't, you have to pay back that loan. And you have to sell stocks that are down. So your investment that stocks were going higher, some of it became wrong. Fears of a recession are going higher because the Fed's going to raise rates too. How much? Borrowing costs. Earlier in this show, I talked about, you should start considering arms on real estate. Um, I've never had a mortgage loan for over seven years. That's not true. I've got one that's 14 years in. But typically on my real estate, I tend to refinance lower. Um, so what I'm going to be doing as rates drop, but rates aren't dropping, you said, Rob, that's right. But in the next five years, I think the federal reserve will probably raise interest rates too high and we will get to a recession and to stimulate things out of the recession, the federal will lower interest rates. So if I'm buying real estate today, I'd be going before a seven-year arm because it's the lower rate. Your home will go up or down or value. doesn't matter. But I know I take on extra risk by buying a seven-year arm mortgage versus a 30-year fixed but I also have lower cost. I could save that money. And when that arm balloons in seven years, because it's adjustable um, and it only lasts seven years, I better have the cash to pay it off or refinance. But again, I'm digressing now. Um, valuations on stocks aren't that much cheaper because they were overvalued. Now they look more attractive on price. But when compared to, you have a choice of investing on a 10-year treasury at three and a half percent 
three and a quarter percent versus last year at this time, you're getting 1% or less. Last year, the, the markets were pushing you into taking speculative bets. This year, they're pushing you into taking safer bets. Stocks historically are going to get you about 7% to 8% plus 2% dividends. And that 3% guarantee from the US government is very attractive right now. And I'll be honest with you, some of my cash is being invested in lower re- in 3% returns right now. Not all of it. It's liquid. I can move it around in the future, but you get the idea. Consultant Broker Advisor can take an action to any stocks ever mentioned or strategies on this show. I don't know, yo. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter Rob Black Show, YouTube Rob Black Show. I'm Rob Black. Resources to help you manage your money. Visit robblackshow.com. That's robblackshow.com. I'm Rob Black talking all things financial money, investing, and more. Some interesting developments today on Wall Street that are telling us what's happening in the economy. Coinbase is laying off 18% of its workforce as executives prepare for a recession and the crypto winter. It is a very speculative asset. I would be very cautious and make it the most speculative asset you own if that's what you want to do. I own none. Um, And I'll tell you why I own none. And it was summed up better by Jim Cramer than it was by me. Where Jim Cramer just spent some time out in Silicon Valley. And he's on CNBC, you know who he is. Um, He talked about how he doesn't see, how do I say this? He did a big segment yesterday where he talked about how Silicon Valley executives that he interviewed, none of them believe crypto is an investment. None of them. He implied that he talked with executives all day long, two days in a row, and kind of had a list of questions that he was asking them. But one of the things that I walked away with what he said was that, and I find this fascinating because I do more of a consumer-facing show, and he was trying to say he was doing more of a business-facing show. Crypto is down 66% from its all-time high in November. That's a plunge. Yesterday was Crypto Monday, Black Crypto Monday, or whatever you want to call it. Uh, A lot of people got broke. A lot of people who were sideways definitely are down now. Some of the headlines that we saw yesterday, Coinbase lost 13%. Binance temporarily paused Bitcoin withdrawals. That would be like you go into an ATM and you have $100,000. You got to get $2,000 out for a big hot date night. And you say $2,000 for a hot date night. What are you doing wrong, Rob? Exactly. And your bank going, sorry, no access to your funds. Come back in a week. You'd be like, wait, wait, wait. I got $100,000 on this ATM machine. Yesterday, we learned that crypto lender Celsius paused all account withdrawals and transfers, citing extreme market conditions. That's not good when you're, you're a lender for crypto and you basically go out of business because of people wanting their money back. There's a a company called MicroStrategy who I'm going to be kind of honest with you. I hate their CEO. I became an investor, a professional investor in the 1990s. And he was one of those creepy guys that would just say, I don't want to say creepy guys. I don't want to sound like I'm Elon Musk. But let's just say he would say things that sounded like he's smarter than everyone else. And he got his his company hand basically shut down. And... uh, his second act, he's now pushing crypto, crypto, crypto. And his company had at one point in time, $14, uh, $4 billion in crypto. 
And he's down to about a billion after margin calls. That's a lot of money for it. Do you remember like um, Elon Musk said Tesla is going to invest in crypto? You think they still own that? Because they do. They're down bigly. I miss, uh, was it George Bush? George W. Bush? He said words. No, no, but Trump was bigly. I miss uh, Bush and his funny words where he would just totally miss a word. We've all done it. One of my favorite words that I mispronounce is, uh, or just misuse is murderlated. I kind of want to use mutilated. At one time I said murderlated. I'm like, that's actually a pretty good word. I'm going to go with that. But the, back to the Jim Cramer thing and what he had to say yesterday and how he was interviewing tech executives. He basically said that CEOs of tech companies don't believe in crypto. They think it has zero value. They think it's been sold to you as a scam. They're not, you got to be really careful using the word scam. It's cleansing of speculation. Um, I throw that down there for you. I own no crypto. I'm considered wealthy. And when CEOs of tech companies say it's speculative, it has no value. Yeah, we can see every now and then people like Jamie Dimon, old New York banker. When he says it has no value, you're like, ah, oh, you're just old. But when CEOs of tech companies are in the business of going, you know, we're Bitco bro, uh, bros, that's not good. Uh, be careful what you're buying right now. I'm just, again, uh, I'm seeing way too many people, professionals and uh, individuals lose way too much money. The company I work with, EP Wealth, um, every three months we do a, a webinar for clients and every three months we solicit questions. And one of the things, one of the questions that comes up is, oh, well, all right, what's your opinion on Bitcoin? Should I buy Bitcoin? And we've avoided it. Um, whether we are lucky, smart, it doesn't matter. We have investment policy committees like we can get wealthy other ways. We can create wealth other ways. So Bitcoin's down today again, 22,194. Last night, and this is the coolest thing about crypto and Bitcoin. It's traded 24-7-365. And just, uh, I've got COVID right now, so I'm kind of laying low. Um, I, I was tracking the, the price of Bitcoin to see what today is going to look like. And at one point, crypto is down to 22,350 uh, 22, and took a picture. Then I see it down at 21,800, took a picture. I'm like, where's this going? And the answer is, uh, the answer, my friend, is written in the wind. No, it's not. Uh, yeah, at one point I saw it down as 21,170 because it's open 24-7. You know, one of the things I learned during the pandemic that was fascinating? You could bet on horses in Asia and Australia. So let's say you're locked in the home and your business day is done. There's horse race betting that you could do all day long. But then at six o'clock, seven o'clock, eight o'clock, you're like, ah, the tracks in the United States are shutting down by 8 p.m., 9 p.m. And then they extend the coverage until almost 1 a.m. So you can invest, you can not invest, you can, you can bet on the ponies until 1 a.m. But you're betting on, and this is fascinating, in Australia, their horses run the opposite way. And their horses look like it's uh, cowboys. They don't look like jockeys. 
Uh, they look like legitimate cow herders. Anyway, I've totally digressed. U.S. airline industry said booking slipped again in May with fares 30% higher than in 2019. So people are starting to say, uh-uh, too much money. We've talked about that in the last three months as inflation didn't, it went from transitory to sticky. And there's always going to be sticky inflation. And there's always going to be some transitory. The combination is not easily discerned. The sticky would be things like rents and wage inflation. The transitory could be oil prices where we've paid $150 for a barrel of oil before. We've paid $20 a barrel. Um, it fluctuates based on supply and demand. And does OPEC increase supply too much? Do members of OPEC cheat and say, we're only going to produce 10 million barrels a day and suddenly they're producing 12 million and kind of uh, hurting their fellow OPEC members? So airline industry saying that Bookings are slipping. So that's good. The Federal Reserve is meeting today and tomorrow. I should make that the lead story, and I haven't. I don't know why. I'm sorry. The Fed's going to raise interest rates 50 basis points of the expectation, but now about a third of market participants in economists are saying it could be 75. And that could be the bottom. It could be. The bottom will come when we say think inflation has peaked because inflation is the story this year. For the last 15 years, I've always said, Wages, uh, employment, the first Monday, uh, first Friday of the mo- every month. Jobs numbers are the most important. Not now. We've got great jobs. Now it's inflation and consumer prices. Anytime that splashes, it's it's a market mover. So Federal Reserve is going to be big today. And I've already told you, airlines are starting to see a cut in demand. And when they see a cut in demand, they're going to start seeing empty seats. And when they see empty seats, they're going to be like, we can lower prices as we get closer to the, the travel date. And they'll be anti-inflationary. A man that I would love to play in stock market jeopardy or financial jeopardy, which I have—I don't have a patent on, but I should, is Robert Kiyosaki. I think he's one of the worst people of all time for your financial wealth. He's the author of Rich Dad, Poor Dad. He's been investigated by numerous state attorney generals. His business is selling books. His business is selling seminar seats. And he's been successful doing that. I'm not going to knock it. Do I think he's going to get you wealthy? No. Do I think <clears throat> media companies love him because we all know the name? Yes. Yesterday, Robert Kiyosaki said one of the dumbest things I could ever imagine. He said, I'd rather buy a can of tuna as an investment. It's better than gold, silver, or Bitcoin. I agree on that because I'm hungry. I don't believe in gold. Gold to me was important 2,000 years ago. Was it 2,000 years ago? No. Probably 600 years ago, where the queen is going, go find me good. And worlds are, uh, countries are expanding their, their, their footprint and they want gold. And gold's just not that important anymore. Silver has an industrial application. So I like it, but I'm not in love with it. And I own none. Bitcoin, I'm never owned. I'm interested, but not anymore. I think that's a bubble that's popped and not going good. So Robert Kiyosaki got the news yesterday because he said, at least with cans of tuna fish, you can eat it. I think that's just flat out stupid. Be careful. Stagflation concerns are mounting in the United States. Americans are increasingly worried about red hot inflation, jobs and their own deteriorating finances. If you want to play with yourself and uh, learn a little bit more financially speaking, uh, go look up the word stagflation today. That's a fear that we have where there's demand but there's a lot of inflation. So we're getting less for more. 
fascinating stat of the day or, or thought of the day. Wells Fargo at a conference says quarter two mortgage revenue. Rev- Wells Fargo, big mortgage lender, could be down 50% from first quarter. That's how dead the mortgage market is. You can find me online at Rob Black Show, Twitter, Rob Black Show, YouTube, Rob Black Show. Thanks for listening. Find us at robblackshow.com. robblackshow.com. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.